Okay, I think we'll get started. I'd like to thank all of you for coming out today. We are supposed to have a few more attend, so we'll get they trickle in and that's okay. Um, I appreciate your time today. I think you're going to learn a lot. Even if you take away a couple of points, then, then that's great. Uh, hopefully it'll be time well spent. And I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Jenny, Jenny Coldwack, and we have a panel of, we were to have a panel of three experienced agents today. Unfortunately, one of them couldn't be with us. There, there was um, a death in the family. So I'm going to kind of just do double duty here today, uh, introduce everybody, and then I'll, I'll also sit on the panel if that's okay. Um, so we have with us, um, Michelle Hocko, and Michelle has been in the business for eight years. She's with REMAX uh, Real Estate Center in Milton. She does work the Milton area, and she also covers the surrounding areas. She's a part owner of a local 3D printing business, and she has a, a really great uh, fun app in the App Store, and that's how I first met Michelle a few years ago. I was at a conference, and she had her business cards with this, you know, her, her little icon or emoticon or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> And it was uh, it was a really great kind of niche thing. So she's expanded that, and she's met a lot of people through it and done some referral business. So um, she's with us today. She also went to school for business and marketing. She was a franchisee with Petrocan for five years prior to entering the real estate world. And she also gives back to her community. She's very involved in volunteering. She loves the community she works in. And as you guys will find out as you go forward in the business, that um, passion passion in the business is, is the best thing that you can have. Okay, so that's Michelle. And beside Michelle is... What's your name, Ryan. He just sent it to me, okay? So he was sending today, though. Okay, so Ryan has been in the real... Ryan Smith has been in the real estate business for six over six years. He started as a buyer's agent on a successful real estate team at Keller in the Fourth of Lakes area, and he joined Keller Williams four years ago. He's working uh, as an office productivity coach at Keller Williams Edge in Burlington. He coaches new and experienced agents. He's the founder of the Niche Agent Podcast, where he interviews top agents across the globe about their niches and their successes. So. Uh, afterwards today, or maybe Ryan's got a card with Niche Agent, you can go on, check out some of his podcasts with uh, different agents all over. They're from Canada, and I think you might have a couple American people in there too. So it, it's really great. You can you know take that home and listen to it at your convenience. So I've been around for a long time, 25 years in this business, done a lot of volunteering here at the board. I was past president. So I was president in 2007, and I'm a real estate broker also and I did some training with new agents. So I'm going to sit in today. I, um, well, I'll tell you what I did when get to, get to my turn. So. Okay, so we're going to let Michelle go up and, and start, and then um, she'll talk for a bit. And we, we had planned to leave the questions to the last, but if you have a couple of questions, I'm sure she'll answer. Oh. And then as long as we can get through our spiel, and then you can sort of ask the questions at the end and see what our timing's like, okay? Um, I'll just kind of pass around some business cards if you don't mind. Just take one and pass them along. And um, I'll kind of talk to you a little bit about why I did that in a few minutes. But uh, thank you very much for having me, Jenny. I uh, was a little taken back. I've never spoke at an event before. So I appreciate that you think I'm doing something good. <laughs> um, and really to that point, I think we all sometimes lack a little bit of confidence, which is really 
really a difficult thing to send to the business, and certainly it was for me. Um, and until you really start to have that confidence and understand what your value is compared to your competitors, I think it's a little bit challenging to sort of sell your value, if that makes any sense. And, and I think we all have a perception of what we think people want us to be, um, and I think sometimes we, we try really hard to, to fit into that. Um, but what I have to say and what I've sort of learned um, is that you really just need to be yourself and you need to, you need to find people um, around you who are going to value that. So first of all, uh, who likes to spend money on advertising? Do you love it? Oh, Ron likes to spend money. Do you have a lot of money to spend on advertising back there? Oh, okay. Yeah, so one of the biggest challenges uh, I sort of faced when I entered the business was coming from the gas franchise, which was fine, um, and knowing coming into this business and having a house and a life and everything that you're, you're trying to float and maybe not having a ton of cash behind you because I was still fairly young when I came into this business. Um, you're worried about money. So one of the best ways people always suggest is, you know, start a farm area, whatever, but gosh, you know, like you're not getting your first paycheck possibly for four or five months, so you're going to start blowing thousands of dollars on farming an area. Maybe, and maybe that's going to work for you and, you know, that's fine, but my, uh, my kind of goal coming into the business was finding ways that I could do my business that weren't going to cost a lot of money. Um, and now, don't misunderstand. Like, I think you need to spend money when you need to spend money, and, and that is on providing a good experience for your clients, and making sure you have professional photography, and all of the things that come along with listing a house really well. But I don't necessarily think that the um, that institutional advertising piece being in the paper every week just to kind of have your face out there is necessarily the best way to spend your money. Um, so anyway, I had uh, been in the business for about two years and had kind of, you know, found my comfortable spot and felt like I had learned what I needed to learn to feel really confident to do business and uh, had my first baby at that point, which presented some questions and concerns and challenges for me because it was really important to me to be a really good mom and I, I didn't really want to put my kids in daycare, which isn't a bad choice if that's what you're comfortable with, but really it wasn't what I wanted. And I started to try and figure out how I was going to manage both worlds. And, you know, I always kind of had referred on open houses and to some degree agent referrals and working my sphere of influence to bring me business. Those were kind of the three things I chose when I entered the business. And now that I had my, my little baby sort of depending on me, I wasn't out there doing as much as that. I still did do the open houses, which were good, and I tried to focus on the community where I was to really avoid commute time. So we had moved to Milton recently, and I was kind of starting the business again at this point when I, when I had my baby. I started in Brampton, but we made this move to Milton, and um, I decided to join the most successful office in Milton at that point because I, I knew that I'd be able to do open houses there because that was a very, very good way for me to get business when I started. It was free, um, and it was it was something that I could do every week that would generate a bunch of leads and I could follow up and it wasn't really costing me anything to do it except for maybe some donuts, right? Um, and I got a lot of good business out of that. But after having the baby and everything, I, I kind of suffered. I was in the spot where I thought, I can't let anybody know that I'm a stay-at-home mom because surely this is going to derail my career because nobody's going to take me seriously. And so I kind of tried to keep the two lives fairly separate, which I, I later learned was a bit of a mistake. And it wasn't until I had started to put my daughter into a couple of lessons. We had gone to a kinder music lesson, which is some kind of frou-frou music lessons for babies because they're going to learn all about music, right? Be the next Beethoven, maybe. Um, and I got talking to a woman, and she found out that I was a realtor, and I worked with Remax, so that lends some credibility. Like, I think you need to be, you need to be credible in whatever it is you do. Um, 
and that led to $1.5 million for the business just for going to a music class with my baby and being an out-of-control mom just like everybody else, <laughs> right? Like track pants, you know, it's a Monday morning and here we are with our baby. So that was kind of an aha for me and you know what? It, it's funny because you, you think all sorts of things about being a professional, but ultimately people want to do business with people they like, know, and trust, right? Know, like, and trust is what they say. And I think that that is 100% true. So once I started to realize this, I was really able to analyze what I should be involved with. What should I give my time to? How can I be a great mother and still get out and make friends? Because I think, I think to be successful in this industry, you need to go and you need to make friends. And they need to know what you do. And you don't need to pressure them into using you. You just need to demonstrate that you're really a professional, right? Um, and things will come from there. So within my own town, um, I became part of one of the moms groups. So we have something called Moms Town in Milton, and you have it in Oakville too. Now, I know for everybody's in a different place in their life, but this is just an example. Maybe it's not, it's not a mother's group, but maybe it's a special interest group, right? Like maybe it's a book club, maybe it's something of that nature. Um, and if you're really passionate about reading, then why wouldn't you be part of a group like that and make friends that way? Um, I started hosting groups for Mom's Town, so had kids in my house for Play-Doh and puzzles and all of those sorts of things, you know, a few snacks for the kids. And again, free, I'm home, I'm entertaining my child, I'm doing something that makes me happy. And when you're doing something that's kind of, I think, true to who you are, what you love, you're your best you. And when you're your best you, people just, they're interested. How can they not gravitate to that, right? So from there, I started doing um, events for the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. So every year, I would host a yard sale for the cure, which was a really good opportunity to get up on the, uh, you know, the thoughts about, you know, about fundraising and, and being a really positive person in the community. And everybody knew who I was and what I do, but they know I'm fundraising, right? So when I'm talking to people, it's not about Michelle Real Estate. It's about Michelle fundraising for the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, and from that, I was very lucky, actually, from my yard sales, I became a bit of a spokesperson for the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation, and I've actually had a lot of press opportunities because of that. So two years in a row, I did TV interviews representing REMAX. Um, okay, I'm a little nervous, sorry. <laughs> I'm doing great. But anyway, and then from there, um, from there I joined um, a group in town called Mompreneur, and in Milton, it's very mom-centric. <laughs> so we have kind of groups for all the entrepreneurs, and. Uh, and it was really effective, making a lot of friends there. Again, I'm out doing free things, having fun, connecting with women, you know, bringing value, having good conversations, supporting each other, talking about business and how we can all be better and learn things. So that's what we did. Um, support local events. So every year the, the mom's group has a birthday party. So I always have a booth at that birthday party, but instead of, you know, just bringing real estate literature and just business cards, I every popcorn because that's what people want. That's what they're going to come to your booth for, right? So those are the kind of things I think are important. Um, I'm a volunteer with Drug Guys of Canada now, so I, I run a Sparks troop. I get to network with all those parents all the time in a really positive way. And, and it's great because all these special interest groups now are all online as well, right? Everything's social media. So how many of you have a social media account of some sort? Okay. How many of you actively use it, like, daily? And it's about your life, it's about things you enjoy, or is it about posting listings and real estate content? No. Okay. So if you're not already on social media, my 100% get on social media. So do what you're comfortable with. I, I've kind of branched out to, you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Google+, YouTube, and Pinterest. But I'm really most active, I think, on Facebook, and I do post content to all of the other sources um, as well. But I think that um, this is where you can start to, things can start to get interesting and you can start to really um, hit your target market. So for me in Milton, I, I actively target moms or women really between 27 and 40 because there's a lot of single women I sort of deal with. It's just a small group of people I, <laughs> I kind of target. But, um, but what I've learned is, is often you end up doing business with people who are fairly similar to you, right? Um, when I was in my first home, I dealt a lot with first-time buyers, and when I moved to my next home and started a family and everything, I started to deal more with move-up buyers, right? Because you just have more in common with them, and you're going you're gonna to meet up with them more. So within all of this social media, um, I started to do a couple of really fun things. So on my business card, you'll see my little avatar. So she is my profile picture on every social media um, site that I have, and it allows me to do something kind of interesting. I don't need to talk about real estate anymore because everybody knows what I do, right? She's just cute, she's fun, and we change her up every month. I put a Halloween costume on her for October. Every single month is a different avatar. For my birthday one month, we did, we did me naked, the character naked with Spencer's taste. It was my birthday suit, right? But people thought it was funny. Right? It's easy to connect with. It's, it's not intrusive. It's a little offensive, maybe. But, but it was funny, right? But then, bam, you put it. You didn't make a photo. No, I did, but it was fine because it was all covered up, right? There was nothing to see. It was not a cartoon, anyway. Um, but it allows me to be free, right? Because everybody kind of knows I'm there. They know I'm professional because I have a brand. And people assume that I must be successful to have branding happening. Um, it shows that I'm fun, that it's not going to be a really staunchy, salesy experience, hopefully. And then it allows me to, instead of talk about real estate, I can talk about whatever I want. So when I'm connecting with moms or people in my community, now I find I'm talking about recipes. Like maybe it's how to make your own stock. It's about smoothies. Um, the contents now that I blog about, because I have a blog as well, are things that I feel are interesting to people in the community. So I do a community events calendar. And everything you do and all the content you produce, it can do double duty, right? Like you run a blog and you write something really interesting. Well, now you also have content for all your social media sites, right? And I find that the things that are most liked are not the things that you would necessarily think, right? People just want to be entertained. They like the recipes. Um, they like, uh, what else do they like? They love community events if it's local. Um, Things like, you know, where do you where to buy certain things within your community. So if you're writing a, a recipe blog and there's something kind of unusual in it, make sure to, you know, post or tag in the, um, the appropriate supplier of those things within your local community and then tag that business when you, when you mention it on social media. So there's a lot I think you can do with that. Um, anyway, so that's basically kind of what, I, what I'm all about. And... So there is still some real estate content in there, like I do monthly market updates, um, but it's not the primary focus of everything I do. I think we need to be careful. We just need to engage with the, the market that we want to target, right? And that's going to help us to just connect with people. And people bring you business. And what I've noticed, even in a lot of the moms groups in Milton, because there's a lot of, um, like, Milton Mommies, it's a Facebook group. So if you can start to become, you know, there's, there's a Facebook group for vegetarians in Milton. You know, there's surely a book club group. There's like, search your groups within your, within your Facebook group. But the one in Oakville, if you grew up in Oakville, I mean, there's thousands of people. Of course there would be. Yeah. Yeah. 
But what's funny is all these little things you do, um, and with Facebook you have a special opportunity to even advertise to a certain demographic of people. So anytime I do a post on Facebook, not necessarily some on my personal page, but whenever I actually post something to my business page, I will, um, I will advertise it. So I'll say $3, for example, right? And I'll target the 27 to 40 year old women in Milton. And this is actually, this is how I built the likes on my business page because I, I do maintain both pages because I think there's a time and a place, right? But a lot of people who are my friends are on my personal page, but they're also liking my business. So I try not to duplicate the content too much. But from the business page, you have an opportunity to advertise and just push out to certain um, segments of the community. And I think you can even um, post to specific groups or people who are associated with certain groups. So that would be an opportunity as well. It's not so cut and dry, right? But there's a, a wide variety of things you can advertise to on Facebook. So like people's likes and you know, do they have children or not have children? So you can really be specific. But by putting out good content that people are interested in, which is really typically fluffy, sort of just fun stuff instead of super serious real estate stuff, although they do like the real estate stuff, um, you're going to start to build relationships. And I think if you can build relationships with people locally who have similar interests to yours, then that's a, a pretty fun way to do business, which is really why I went this way. Yeah. Have any of you ever heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. He's written a couple of fantastic books. If you're, if you're at all interested on like social media marketing and how to kind of optimize what you're doing, um, the three books are called The Thank You Economy. And um, do you want me to, I'll give you his name again. Gary Vaynerchuk, so V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-C-K. There's no statement. Vaynerchuk. If you look at Gary V, or any of the books, names of the book, you'll find it. Um, one of the books is called The Thank You Economy. Um, the next is Crush It. And the other one is called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And it's funny, it just talks about basically the, the whole essence of his theory is that be a great storyteller, connect with people, build relationships. Don't be a typical marketer because it spoils everything. Nobody wants the, you know, the ads popping up, really. Um, but storytell and create content that people want to see. And then even if you're advertising it, because it's all about news feed advertising anyway, it's going to go there. They're, they're going to like it, right? Like, and then when you do have something important to say, and I find this on my, on my business or on my personal page, I can talk about, you know, all of just the daily life things, and you get a lot of likes for that. But then every once in a while, if I put something in there that is about my business, or even like most importantly, if you if you put up something about a success in your business, people love the crowd out of that. Like it's amazing. You'll go from getting like 30 or 40 likes on a typical post to I'm like, oh, I, I won this award or whatever, and they're like, that's hundreds of likes, and it's amazing, and it's so it's so good because people have bought into your story and they want to see you succeed. So they're happy for you. Um, anyway, that's just kind of my thing. Those are great books to read. And also there's another book that I, I think is fantastic um, if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about maybe being true to yourself and being more of who you are. And um, it was written by Sally Hogshead, and it's basically called How to Fascinate. And it just discusses how the best thing you can sort of do is be more of who you are. And it just kind of teaches you how to channel that appropriately to really help your business. So I guess that's pretty much 
all I have to say. Hopefully I haven't missed anything. Thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> does Michelle look like she has passion for the business? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Does she look like she has confidence? Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know how we gain confidence in the business or <coughs> gain confidence in anything that we do is because we know what we're talking about. So that's something that you know, when you're going to learn as you go on, the more you know about something, the easier it is to talk about it, not to use notes because it, it's there. Just like, you know, the, the scripts that they tell you to use, which personally I hate that word, and I prefer the word dialogues instead of scripts because when I think of scripts, I think about um, Floyd Whitman and, and the trainers that we had back in the 70s. So those dialogues will all come easier to you as you, as you go forward. But does anyone have a question? Any questions for Michelle while she's still at the podium? I'll leave it till the end and think about it. No, okay. Anyway, Michelle. thank you very much. Great, good job. Hey, thank you for everyone for being here because I know when you're new or newish to the business, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff coming at you. So you could be anywhere and you guys are here, so thank you. Um, I want to talk about a couple things today. Well, three things. The first thing is tell you a bit about myself what I've learned in the business and then through my podcast what I've learned through other agencies through, uh, Can you hear them at the back? Yeah. So my story is complete opposite of Michelle's but also the same. There tends to be a similar theme and it's women. Uh, <laughs> right. so I want to start with that. Is when I got started in the business uh, I left. I was just doing my license and I was in a relationship. I ended the relationship and I wanted to get away. So I grew up in Niagara <laughs> and I packed up my bags after I started the relationship. <laughs> And I don't know why I ended up in Lindsay. They went over Lindsay. Is. <laughs> not much there, not much going on. So my uh, father's side of the family lives up there, and my aunts and uncles are all there. And I have no idea why. I just chose it. I got a relationship. How old were you at the time? Uh, I would have been 25. So I basically said, all right, I just want to get in Niagara. I moved up that way. Uh, I got started at, at a brokerage, and uh, I was going through trying to find a good place to work, and went through all the different companies, and I connected with one guy, and I ended up joining his team, so I was a buyer's agent when I got started. Uh, I said, I lucked out in that he was an internet-based marketing agent. For me, if I was to start the business, and I would have had to do cold calls, because there was other teams, other people that were there who were heavy cold callers, I said I probably wouldn't be in this business right now. So when I got started, uh, we were doing about 100 deals a year on the team. I was doing about 20 deals a year myself. Uh, we use Craig Proctor systems. You guys know Craig Proctor? You heard of Craig Proctor? So Craig Proctor is kind of losing his market on what he does, but he's a big on direct response marketing. Uh, do you guys know what direct response marketing is? So that's you know, any type of marketing that I employed and enjoy is direct response marketing. So direct response marketing is you put a message out there and the intention of the message is to actually get a response back. Where traditional marketing is brand advertising and just trying to build your brand is my purpose is to get people to put their hands up and put their hands up. So it could be free reports, list of homes, get people to say, yeah, I want that information. So you choose a target market, you put a message in front of them that's something that they'd be interested in and you get them to put their hand up. So we got started, we were doing a lot of classified ads, pay-per-click ads, online advertising. We were getting probably 250, 300 leads a month. So I was getting a bunch myself. I started doing it myself on the side, and then at about a year, year and a half into it, I started realizing that I was getting more leads than he was for myself. So I decided to go on my own. At the time, this is where the women's team comes in again, I met another woman, and 
and uh, she was living in in Pickering. So we had two offices. We had an office in Lindsay and an office in, in Bowmanville, and I started dating. So I said, you know what, screw it. I'm leaving Lindsay. There's nothing here anyways. And I came down, and I went on my own. So I started doing online advertising. And the two methods that I really used, because for me, I'm about niches. I really love niches. So my two strategies were classified ads online, so Craigslist, Kijiji, and uh, for sale by others. So when I first got started, my first year, I did 12 listings in two years from uh, for sale by owners. It was a strategy that I made sense to me. I started working it. I mean, I wasn't doing 30 deals a year from it, but I mean, six deals a year was pretty good for the amount of work I was doing. I really didn't do it that big. My first buyer came from a classified ad on Kijiji. It was a 12-unit apartment building that I got. Brand new. First, it was scared the crap out of me. Luckily, I was on the team. Uh, I, from the class ads, I've got a $2.3 million investor off of them. So I was really got really good at understanding the psychology of classified ads and how to run them and how to get business out of them to the point where I started teaching people and people were asking, how the heck do you get this much business? So I was getting about, on my own, between 130 to 150 leads a month. And I would say 80 to 90 of them were from Craigslist and Kijiji. So, it, it works. You have to do it very intentionally, and there's a reason, and there's a, a way to do it. So when I started doing it, I was my strategy was I basically borrowed listings of agents in my office who said, "Yeah, you can advertise my listings." So I went through and I got permission and said, "Do you mind if I advertise your listings on Craigslist and Kijiji?" And they said, "Sure," because most of them didn't even know what it was or how to use it. So I got very deep with it to the point where I had it on autopilot. And to me, if you can automate your business. Well, as much as your business as you can, you can do more with your business and leverage your time. So I literally got to the point where I had a high school student, I uh, was paying her $10 an hour to post ads for me, and it, it was bad in that I became really lazy, um, because it was so systematic in that she posted her ads every day, she spent an hour a day posting ads for me, I had the whole cycle set up, I had listings coming in, or leads coming in, and then I got a buyer's agent, and again, I made a few mistakes with hiring the wrong people, but I was getting 150 leads a month. So, and it was literally, I could be sleeping while I was doing this. So, I learned a lot of things from that, and the one was, you do have to be in the business, like Michelle said, you still have to kind of be involved. You, you can automate a lot of it, but you still have to have your personal touch. Um, with the online leads, is anyone doing online advertising? Are you doing it well? you enjoy it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you have to, because you see a lot of real estate ads, like I've just gone on Kijiji, because yeah. I have this impression that Craigslist is kind of creepy, so I just don't <laughs> go there. But um, I, I go in and look at everybody's ads, yeah. and, it, and I struggle with, well, how am I going to distinguish myself from everybody else? Yeah. So one strategy is not being like other agents, and that's my approach on how I wrote ads was not like other agents. And I call it uh, classified ad diarrhea, where most agents go on, they put pages this long about all the listings and how great it is, 17 photos, and they give all this information. You found my ad. So it can work, and it's good for exposure, and your clients are happy because they get to see and they get to see all the information. But to generate a lead is probably the worst strategy if you're going to be using classified ads. So for my strategy was one photo, three bullet points. For more information, go to 
I mean, they go to my website, and then they, have to, they want to see more of the information about the listing, they go on. So at any given time, I had about 100 ads running at a time. Now, it's a lot of work. It took a lot of work to get good at it. It took a lot of work to get the systems in place. But once it was in place, literally a 16-year-old kid was running my ads for me, and on auto. So a lot of people will say, I don't have the time, the energy, the money. But really, are you guys prospecting three hours a day? To be honest, who's prospecting two to three hours a day? You guys know you should, right? In some form, whatever you choose to do. So I said, you know what, rather than me picking up the phone, because I hated being on the phone, I said I'd rather spend three hours a day figuring out these systems and getting good at it. So I got really good at it to the point where I could pass it off. Then I started doing other strategies. I, at the time, had hired a buyer's agent. It went sour. Uh, she stole a substantial amount of money from me. Uh, so she obviously left. I had an assistant at the time, and then I ended up hiring out of need because I needed to, I had so many leads coming in that I had to find someone to fill her spot. I hired someone that I felt sorry for because she just gave her a divorce. She was <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, she ended up doing one deal in five months. So then I was just reevaluating what I want to do with my life. I'm like, okay, I know, I, I know I've got good marketing skills. I know I want to do this. At the time, the girl I moved to, or moved for, we broke up dated for a year and a half, and I said, okay, this is, I don't want to, I don't need to be here. Um, I, my mom got sick at the time, and uh, I was driving back and forth in Niagara, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to move closer to my family. That's more important than a female. So I ended up in Burlington a year and a half ago, and at that time, I realized, okay, I really get this business. I really get the marketing. I understand the dynamics behind it. I hate, no, I don't hate. I hate the, a lot of the business of the, the evenings and the weekends and the, the crazy crap that we put up with. So I started doing coaching and training. And that's where I really, I mean, I lo- learned a lot the prior stage, but now when I've been doing coaching and training, I've learned so much about niches and strategic marketing that I would say I've grown just from learning from other people so much. So, I mean, I'm not saying you guys have to go be coaches and trainers to learn. But if they, do they have a mentor or a coach or a trainer that they work with? Would you say that would help speed up? Has it helped your business speed yeah. up your business at all? Yeah. Absolutely. So I would say if you can learn from someone else and learn from their mistakes, why wouldn't you? When I joined the team, I learned from the team. They taught me a lot and sped up the process. And then when you're on a team, and what's your experience been like? Exactly what you say, especially when you have that, that moment in business, okay, you feel like it, you know you want to continue, and then you have more people there that they say, that's part of the business, that's yep. fine, that's let it go, so you feel again, like uh, you are okay. It's like, no, like you are making a mistake, you say, yep. well, it is, and you don't take it personally. Yeah. And this can be a very lonely business, I'm sure you guys have found that. I mean, as much as we have offices, we've got people that we're working with, mm-hmm. it can be very lonely at the end of the day. You go home and you're, you, you talk to your significant other and they have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Other people in other businesses have no idea what you're talking about. Your friends are like, you're crazy, what are you doing? So to me, one of the key things in this business is having that support and help. Um, whether it be through a coach, whether it be through a mentor, whether it be through a partnership or on a team. So accountability, accountability partner. So if I can stress anything, it would be find someone that you can help and relate to and reach out to. If you don't have that, I suggest doing that. I mean, I don't know if your offices have yeah. a coach or trainer or a partner. If you have friends, 
hang out, take people out for lunch, take Ron out for lunch. It's expensive, I'm sure you can't afford his restaurant. But reach out. For no <laughs> if you want to pick his brain, you know. Free food restaurants we've established is the way to Sushi. There you go. Sushi. So Good. find a mentor, find a trainer, find someone that you can really connect with, and they will help guide you. Now, one of the things I'm very passionate about is niches. Um, niches, if you're American. <laughs> is I, I found out about school four or five years ago, I really started realizing that the people who were doing very well in this business and really enjoyed it, not just doing well. There's a lot of people who do well with it at a large scale, but they hate their life, they hate their business. It's the people who have found a niche. They found a market that they can go after. They found some of a, a community they can connect with, like Michelle, which, with mom's groups, I've, or there's been 101 ways yeah. to do it. The people who really got the most out of this business was people who found something and money. For success-wise, it, it, it's scary when you're new because you want to do business wrong. You want to do a bit of commercial deal. You're going to do a farmland. You're going to go do a lease of a property. You're going to go sell this person a million dollar home. You're going to go sell a brand new condo because you're afraid of missing out on a piece of pie. And if you really look at the people who are successful, they found something they're good at. Whatever that is. Or they found a, a community they can connect with. And they've gone deep. And it sounds, it, it can be very scary when you're starting out because you're afraid of missing out. But in the long run, you're going to make more money It'll be cheaper, it'll be easier, it'll be more natural, you'll find something that you can connect with. And I found, by doing this, I started doing my research and I started looking out there, there isn't a lot of support and training for people who want to find a niche. Because this business is so diverse that it's, hey, oh, I'm really good at, uh, I love condos, but how am I going to get support for condos? There's not much out there. So, there tends to be not a lot. So that's kind of why I created the niche agent. And it came from, do you guys know Glenn McQueenie? Keller and Jesus owns a, a brokers in Toronto. Well, I was chatting with him and he said, the future of real estate is in niches and teams. The days of a general real estate agent are gone or going away or will be gone. And that was a huge eye-opener for me. And I started thinking how true that is. The days where real estate agents genuine, you know, when they had the MLS books and people would go through and you would try to sell as many homes oh. and as many people. <laughs> and you don't remember that. So, agents were trying to be all things all people, but the future of real estate really is in niches. And it can be a big niche, it can be a small niche, it can be a demographic, it can be a sociographic, it can be, there's a lot to it, but really people nowadays want specialists. If you think about it, if you guys went to the doctors, would you, if you want a heart surgeon, would you want a general practitioner, would you want someone who is a heart surgeon? Is that the best? Yeah. I mean, all the information is out there already, right? So everybody, you'll find even your clients, I don't know how many you've worked with so far, but they're experts in what they're looking for already, right? So what value can you bring? That's where you have to, you have to wonder, right? So if it's expertise about the community, which school you should be by, you know, like maybe what's within walking distance of a certain area, it's all those like little facts that they're not necessarily 100% privy to that are going to make the difference, right? And you can't know all that if you're trying to be all things all. That's the problem. Yeah. I just was coaching a client this morning, and she came in and said, she got her first listening point, she's so excited. She met with a guy, and the guy said, well, this house sold for this, this house sold for this. And she said, I couldn't even find it. And so if you're not the expert in the area, people who live in that area or in that demographic or that niche are going to know more than you. So if you don't know more than them, they're not going to work with you. And the only way to know more than them is by focusing. And how do you focus? Choose the right niche, get good at it, master it, 
better than everyone else. And let the other people do things they're good at. Like I had a, a client looking for a custom home. I call Ron. Like I, I don't want to deal with it. I don't know the intricacies of building a custom home or zoning for that or what's necessary on a piece of land. And I wouldn't want to do my business the disservice of making a mistake because you don't have the you can't make you can't make mistakes. Sorry, but making mistakes in a time where everybody's connected and, and bad feedback it's just not not good for you. It's better to say, listen, this isn't this isn't my specialty, but it is this person's specialty. You can go see that. And it's 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 a catch twenty two because when you are new, you're trying to make a living, you're trying to make some money, and you we call it commission breath. You go, oh my gosh, I need this deal. The clients can smell it. They know that you're desperate for it, and you chase that deal, and you end up blowing it anyways because you're not good at it. You don't know the ins and outs of custom homes and land, and then you blow the deal. So you spent all of your time, and you could have just referred it to Ron. Ron would have paid you a 50% referral fee. And still got paid on it, and focused and kept focusing on what you're good at. And when you branch off and try to be all things. Going to be frustrated. That's when you get the agents who are pulling up their hair, putting this business in two years, not getting paid, and just saying this business is so competitive, it's crazy. It's not competitive. If you find a niche and you do well with it, it's actually the opposite of competitive. It comes to the point where you can literally, it business just starts coming. So that comes with focus, and it comes with, it comes with, you have to have the confidence in knowing that that will happen. You have to educate yourself. Because if you're not educating yourself, consumers will be. And if you're not educated, you're not going to be up there. And, and to me, the, the future of marketing is away from advertising, and it's now education. If you can educate your clients, that is it comes down to it, they want to educate them. So who's bought a, a laptop in the last six months? In the last year? Who's ever bought a laptop in the last six months? <laughs> Did you walk into the store and say, hey, sell me a laptop? Some, now some may. Most people will go on Future Shop, go on Best Buy, go on Staples, start researching, going, okay, this one's got this, it's got this, it's got this, and they're doing the research ahead of time. And then they walk into the store and say, hey, I want to buy this laptop, right? Consumers are doing that as well. So if you can educate them up front, they're going to be the ones who want to work with you. If you're not providing that education, if you're not educating them, the odds of them working with you are next to none. Because we live in an education-based society now. We're not an industrial society anymore. We're an education-based society. People want to learn. The advent of the internet is at everyone's fingertips. So if you're not getting in front of them by educating them, and you're just trying to do traditional marketing and push in front of them, you're not going to get anywhere. Does that make sense to you guys? So whatever, I mean, I could spend hours and hours and hours and hours talking about niches. So I want to share with you some of the things that I've learned through interviewing these agents with niches. One of the big things that I find a lot of the agents who have been on my show have had a passion for what they do. And that makes a huge difference on the, the other end. Uh, they came in with it, they said, hey, I've got a passion for this, I'm going to make my real estate business work around this. Or they may have gotten something and they became passionate about it. A uh, good example is Chris Suarez. He's in uh, Portland, Oregon. He was new to the business, or not new, he, was, he managed some offices, he was, started selling. And he said, no, I don't have time. I have time, but I don't have money. So what can I do? He chose open houses. So what he did was, he said, well, there's open houses. I can either be in an open house and try to get people in there, or I can sit in my office doing my work. So he did an open house every single day for an entire year, seven days a week. Or there were two hours. did an hour or two hours of prospecting around that. He did 
first year did 18 million, then he went to 42 million, and then that's 72 million dollars now. And it was all from people he met and built around open houses. <coughs> so he became, he wasn't passionate about open houses, but he became so good at it that it became such a passion. Now we've got a team, and they're all committed. They do 52 open houses a year each at least. Um, so he made it into his passion. Now, there are people who are passionate about something, and they mix that into their, into their business. So, for example, <coughs> Michelle and Jenny and Michelle earlier, I had a guest on. Her name is Jackie Youngblood. Has anyone ever seen TLC's Fine Naked? She's the host of TLC's Fine Naked. She's a nudist who sells real estate. They laugh, but she's a mega agent. Um, she was, she's been a nudist since 1981. She uh, moved to Florida to retire with her husband, and she got her license in the 90s. She started selling real estate to everybody and said, this is frustrating, I'm driving all over, this is crazy, I'm trying to make a good living, and then someone said, why don't you sell to nudists? She's like, I can't believe I've never thought combining my lifestyle with my business. She did that, and she just took off. Uh, she got much media coverage, she got news stories about her free publicity, getting in the papers, she started becoming an advocate for nudists in the area, all across the world, TLC found out over this, they picked it up, she got on TV, she's now has a team of four agents working with her and she's now expanding, and she said, now, because she's been so passionate about it and so good at it, she is now getting nudists from all over the world calling her saying, hey, I need a nudist agent in Texas, hey, I need a nudist agent in California, and now she's getting referrals for her business and getting 25% of her referral fee just because she's passionate. So, I'm not saying you guys have to be nudists in extreme to her business. Oh, but that's okay. If you want to do that, right? Don't start now. <laughs> yeah, like tomorrow. <laughs> so the point is, she, she took a passion that she was passionate about and found a way to mix it into her business. Uh, if you, Gary Vaynerchuk, you were talking about his, he uh, loves wine. His father owned a wine store. And he started this blog, a video blog about wine. And it took off and he, he was making millions of dollars as being the wine expert, and he just was real, he was honest, he was just being himself around it, and he made a huge business. And you guys have that. I'm sure you have events, community groups, uh, connections, people, uh, ethnic groups, there's all kinds of things you guys could be tying into to grow your business, and it doesn't have to be door knocking, cold calling, fizzballs and open houses. And that's, when you get started, my complaint with most brokerages is that's what they tell you. Here's the four things, here's your keys, Good luck, don't get sued. Here's the book, and have good luck. So there isn't a lot of people telling you how to buy niches because most people don't understand them. So there's great app, uh, resources online. Has anyone heard of ActiveBrain? ActiveBrain.com is a ActiveBrain, A-C-T-I-V-E-Brain, R-A-I-N. That's where I started learning so much. So it's, it's a blogging platform, and it's got two faces to it. There's a public side for the, for the general public, but there's an agent-to-agent -agent blog, and it's agents just blogging about the business, pitching, complaining, sharing good strategies, talking about ideas. So go on there, create an account, and just start looking through. There's years and years of blogs of information of people who are doing what you may want to do. There could be nudists on there. There could be people doing uh, investment properties. There could be people working with young professionals, and they've shared all that information. So if, if you have a niche that you want to focus on, start researching. Start looking at what's out there and see if there's anyone else who's done it. And I'll just say one last takeaway for me is don't be afraid to reach out to other agents. We live in this world of agents, and we think that these top agents are these celebrities or they're untouchable. After starting this podcast and interviewing agents, 
it took a little work and I had to talk to Ron's agents, but uh, after I got it. Agents who are doing very well love sharing what they do. They love talking about it. They're, they're just as passionate about it as most people are other things in their life. So we sit here and we go, oh, I'm, I'm just a new agent. No one wants to talk to me. I'm, I'm too afraid to, to reach out to that person. Take them to coffee. Reach out to them. Call them. Ask them to, for a conversation. If it's someone local, take them for, for lunch. They would be more than happy to share with what they did, how they got there, what drove them to be what they are, and they'll share their secrets. To me, it's, if you can reach out other areas, it's probably more likely to share what they do than specifically local agents. But agents love them. Most agents love talking. So if you just say, hey, I really like what you're doing about this, if you connect with them, something on the active brain where you know that's their specialty, you know that's what they're good about, they're good with. You say, hey, I noticed you uh, work with first-time buyers and love to chat with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you about it. So don't be afraid to reach out and pick their brain. And if you can set up the same about mentors, say, hey, would you mind if I touch base with you once, once a month? Just pick your brain for an hour and just talk about it. Most agents will give you the time. And they're, they're, they're honored to have someone do that because it's like the most attractive woman at the, at the bar probably doesn't get talked to because most men are afraid to talk to them. And that's the way agents are. They have a wealth of knowledge and they love to share with people, but people don't talk to them. So find a niche, find something you're passionate about, start researching, reach out to people, and really start working. Now, it may not happen overnight. You're not going to just because you become a new just tomorrow, maybe you're going to start selling a million homes. But know that if you do focus on it, you're going to love your, your, your niche more, you love your business more, you're going to be more passionate about it, your clients are going to be more passionate about it, and you're going to have a better business. So that's basically my chat. Right. Anybody have any questions for Ryan at this point? Do you need to do I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, why don't we just take a quick five-minute break? You can get water, coffee, go water, yes. and then come back, and I'll um, and I'll come. Okay, I think we're just about all back, so we'll get moving so we can get across the street quicker. Uh, so. Rob McKeegan was supposed to be here today, and uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about, first of all, what he was going to talk about, and then I'll talk about what I would have talked about if I was on panel. So um, Rob is a big Brian Buffini follower. Has anyone here taken the peak producers? Okay. Okay. So, you know, um, Brian Buffini is being kind of streamed through most brokerages, I think, today. He's, as you know, as most of you know, he's, he's American, but he's, he's Irish, and he has a lot of great things to say in his sessions. And, um, he is very big on keeping a database at the CRM and also on following up the pop bites, the notes, and all that kind of stuff. So Rob follows him religiously, and he does that. That's his method. Uh, that's his, and you can call it a niche market or a target market because he follows up, he does the Popeyes, he sends the notes, he consistently adds to his database every time he talks to somebody. And we all tend to get a little bit lax at times, especially, I don't know about you guys, but you, know, you start to do a few deals and it's like, okay, well, I've got their emails, I've got their stuff, it's in my phone, but I haven't added it to my database. So then it comes time to send them out a, an e-newsletter or a a Christmas card or something, and all and all of a sudden it's like, oh, all those people are missing. Oh, I'll just send to those people, yeah. and then I'll go he back and, and, like and yeah. 
as the best source. So basically, you know, keeping in touch with our, as you know, sphere of influence um, is great, but our past clients, um, I think for a lot of us, um, the problem becomes follow-up. And I, you know, 25 years in the business, I, I see that myself, and I'm determined to uh, really work hard to follow up now with my clients. And I'll tell you a horror story that happened uh, last year. I had sold a client um, a house. I had sold theirs, put them into a rental, and then they bought another house like a year later. So one day, I hadn't talked to them for a while. Our kids, our two boys, played baseball together, so occasionally I'd see them at the field. So one day I'm on the hot sheet and I see what I thought was their house for sale. And I'm like aghast. Oh my God, they listed with so-and-so. I didn't know they were moving. The house looked just like their house. It was on the same street and they had the same last name. Okay? So I called my son and going, how come? What did they do? They didn't call me. You know? And he goes, I don't know. I didn't know they were selling. So then I was really upset and I stewed about it. Oh, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I call them? So then a week or two later, I'm back on the hot sheet. I'm looking at it. It's still for sale. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the first name. I'm thinking, that's not their first name. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's not them. I tell you, that night I emailed her, and I said, you know what? It's been a long time. We haven't spoken. Let's get together for coffee. And she said, yeah, come on over. So we went over. I mean, that was a wake-up call. That was a really big scare. And it will happen to you, and it happens to all of us where you'll find a client that you had worked with and all of a sudden you're going to see their listing come up on the hot sheet and you're going to be oh, yeah, I feel like somebody's kicked you in the stomach. It, 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 it does. You know why it happens. You, you need to be keeping up with them. They yeah, don't. and you don't know why. They, they've either, you know, uh, bought privately, gone into an open house, their neighbor or their yeah. friend just got in the business. Numerous reasons and they just, they forgot. I'm really sorry, but you can sell my house for me. Right? You can bring the buyer. Sorry, I just, if you don't mind, I had, um, had a similar experience to that where um, I was using a, a, a husband and wife couple for buying and selling, and we did a couple, three, four deals with them, and then I met somebody that I connected with, and a friend that I became friends with, so I found her, and I said, I wanted to let you know that we're missing our house, but I'm missing it with somebody that I, so I gave the woman a professional courtesy. I wish people would. Okay. However, no, however, I got the proverbial FU letter back. It was very, I can't believe you didn't contact us. You know, we've been working with you for years, da, 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 da. And everything stopped. The emails, the contacts, everything. And I thought to myself, you know what, that was the wrong thing to do because we then subsequently sold one of our investment properties that had my parents in it that she would have been the perfect person to list because there would have been a connection there. But I felt so angry that she did that. And I thought, you know what, don't do that. So uh, just if yeah. somebody does, yeah. that's really good. Don't send a letter. Yeah. Uh, or write the letter. Write the letter. Don't, don't send, send it. Okay. No, and you're going to feel better after you write congratulations. It. If you need I'm, any yeah. help, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Phone back and say, how's it going? I saw well, helpful congratulations, you know, later no, on. No, you got to be careful there, though. Because you, you can't. Can't. This yeah, you but can't. But I'm saying after the fact. Like, yeah, after the fact. She could have called me and said, I saw your house sold. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just yeah. wanted to say, I wish you all the best. I'm sorry. You know, I'm there for you in the future. Exactly. And because they might feel bad then and refer their brother to you, like you said their mother because exactly. they feel like oh I, I really 
tomatoes. So uh, you might get it in the stomach, but yeah. you know what? Make, make yeah. sure yeah, you don't right. let them know that. The other the other side of that is doing an open house and having a couple who's very enthused and stuff and talking them ad nauseum about this house and stuff. <laughs> and they went. Um, the woman said to me, oh, I've been working with an agent for years and years, you know, she's a lovely woman. And I said, oh, yeah, who's that? And she just died. And I just blurted out, oh, she just passed away. Oh, my God. The woman started off crying. Her husband had to help her to the door. Oh, oh my God. It's like, I she was just your agent. I had no idea that you were that connected. You know, it was like, was it like have been not connected. If they well, apparently, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very sad. So, those yeah. stories happen. Yeah, don't, don't say that. And I, just to interject, yeah. uh, social media is a really great way to stay connected to your clients. So, this is a huge, yeah. you know, like all those friends who are maybe going to make a move soon or, uh, you know, like you, you're part of their daily life then. Like, most of my past clients, I'm able to keep up with quite effectively. Through social media. And uh, there's yeah. that, like, contact management yeah. programs, um, like, contactually. And it'll track, like, are you texting? Have you made a phone call to them? Have you connected with them on any of your social media? So it'll bring to your attention the clients you've kind of left by the wayside a little bit. Because you, I, I think six, more than 50, last year it was 60% of my business did come from past clients or their referral. Yeah, so what Michelle's talking about is, if you don't know what a CRM is, it's a <coughs> client or customer relationship manager um, management base and you can get them for free you can pay a lot of money you can pay a little bit of money there's iExact there's uh, like you said contactually there's contact contact there's the Buffini CRM there's so many out there but if you do get it please please use it mm -hmm. um, so so what this basically was all about today was strategic prospecting niche and target marketing because today um, we just feel that cities and communities have grown too big and that if you're just <laughs> in this blanket market, like, oh, I'm going to go and get 2,000 postcards and say, would you like a free home evaluation? I'm going to send them out and everybody's going to call me. It's not going to happen. Like, you have to save your money and what you have to do is sit down and think, um, what can I do that's different from other agents that is not going to cost me a lot of money? So, basically, that's where you have to say, where do I spend my time? Who do I hang with? Who are good candidates who uh, they know me? They like me already. So I think they would trust me to do real estate with them. They might know me from my prior career, uh, but now I'm wearing a different hat. So that's why you need to really, really sit down and think about that. Because, yes, you can blanket uh, market with with flyers and with things like that. But if you're if you're not going to be consistent, then it's not going to happen. And one other quick story there with um, someone that it did work with, there's an agent here in town and she's worked really, 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 really hard for over 20 years. She started out in the business. Um, she looked, and this was before target marketing was even, you know, talked about. She decided that she was going to um, target a couple of areas in Oakville that weren't overly popular. And those were the white townhouses on Twalgerwood, famously known as the White Elephants, and the Lancaster townhomes. Because most of those were not owner-occupied. They were investors. They were owned by people that didn't live in them. So what she did way back then was she took Geo Warehouse, 
she went on and she found the owners. She took out all the addresses and she found the owners and she started writing letters to the owners. Hi, notice that you have a rental property in there. If you're thinking about rental, renting it again, when it comes up, give me a call. Or if you're thinking about selling it again, let me know. She made her niche in those white buildings and Lancaster. Other agents were laughing. Oh, you know, why would you do that? But every time you go on the hot sheet and you see, oh, there's a new follower where there's a Lancaster, and you see, oh, there she is, there she is. So, so she became, oh, she farmed that area. As she progressed, she started focusing on the Ennisclair um, condos in Bronte, a little bit of a higher step up, and then she started focusing on other condos in town. She got a really great website, not that expensive, point to agent, 550 bucks, amazing um, SEO from it, search engine optimization, because there's so many people on it. So she started being consistent with the flyers. So see the pattern? She's doing a little bit of everything. The flyers would go out. She gets a call from this lady in Anna's Claire. And the late and she said, Oh, how did you get my name? She goes, Well, you're the specialist. You you know, you work this building and she said, Well, oh, okay, well yeah, I'll come and see you. So she goes over, the woman opens up the drawer and she pulls out like a fistful of her card, her material that she had sent because she put on there, you may not be thinking about moving right now, but please put this in your drawer for the future. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. And she's still in the business and, and over the years, her target market of price went up higher, you know. So that is, that's one uh, way of doing it. Can I add to that? Yeah. So just to tell you a good story because you guys are new or newish. My good friend Adam, uh, Adam Young, he's in my office. He's brand new to the business. He, is anyone from Burlington? Anyone know Driftwood area? Mm-hmm. So Driftwood is a little, tiny little pocket of 230 homes. The 407 cuts through, it's at uh, uh, Guelph Line and Dundas. There's a little pocket, little corner, there's 230 homes. Adam grew up in the neighborhood. He knew the area. He knew people in the area. But he said, this is a little tiny little pocket that no one's going to touch because it's just on the other side of the 407. There's nothing on the north end of it. No one really comes to it. So I'm just going to focus on this area. So he started doing it, marketing, started doing open houses, started focusing on that area. It took nine months, he got nothing. On his ninth month, he got a listing. Then someone else called and said, oh, you got a listing in the area. Why don't you come over? In the last year, Adam has done 11 deals from 230 homes in that area. He's now, we call him Mr. Driftwood, the area at the office. Uh, 11 out of 13 sales in that neighborhood were from Adam. That's pretty powerful. And to add to that, he even had an agent who was from Mississauga call him and say, hey, I've got clients in the area. I was going to list it myself, but I know you sell all the homes in the area. Why don't you take a listing and don't charge me a referral fee? Just give them a good, uh, good deal on the commission. So he's had another agent calling him saying, yes, <coughs> property. So he, he won rookie of the year in her office because he just got focused. He said, I'm going to focus on the area. So don't be afraid to go small and focus. And that's, that's uh, really probably a better idea is to go small. Yeah. You know, don't go big. You can afford it, right? You can afford to do it for a whole year. Yeah. You're not going to... You're not going to commit to doing a farm. And the most most important thing about if you're going to do that area is you better know the product. There's no point in picking an area where you have no idea. So the way you're going to know that market is uh, you've either lived there before or you're constantly going to the agent open houses on that day of the week in that market. Or if you can't do that, you go to the the public open houses and you get to know the product. And then if you do start door knocking, 
you're able to say, you know, you know they're going to say, what did my neighbor sell for, or what did this, and you're going to know it, and you become like the neighborhood expert. So it, it's really important to know your product, and I know here in Oakville, there's there's agent open houses four days a week, and we don't, um, you know, we, we don't suggest that you go and look at open houses four days a week because there may be you know, a certain area of town that you might not ever sell a house in, you know, or not interested. So just go to the area that you think you're going to work in and know that stuff. You know, just know. When I started out in, way back in 1989, um, I was pregnant with my third child. I was seven months pregnant with my third child. So when I got into the business, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be something that I could make a lot of money at right away. It was going to be like a long-term thing. So as you know, within two years, you have to get your other, your three credits. So within those two years, I had another baby. Um, so that was four babies, three credits, and trying to, to work. So um, like, huh? Good Lord. <laughs> like Michelle, it's like, okay, like it's, you know, it's sink or swim, and I don't want to sink. Um, so what am I going to do? So like you said, and like Michelle said, okay, i got to use my kids, <laughs> you know? Um, as the kids got older, because there was an age difference, I started, and, and I didn't want to put them in daycare. And that's great if, if that's the way you want to work and you want to put your kids in daycare and you're going to use that time effectively, perfect. Here in this business, you'd never see them if you did that, though. That well, was the biggest thing yeah. to do, right? But, but some people yeah. do. And I found when we go out, it was like two hours here, two hours, yeah. three hours there. So I had a standby sitter that would take the kids, or my mother-in-law, and... Um, so what I would do was I would start to work my kids' network, and that was hockey, baseball, soccer, um, the school PTA, because I start, that's when I started volunteering. So it's like, okay, I'd start going in doing hot dog days and pizza days, and I'd have the baby, you know, she's sitting on the table while I'm cooking hot dogs. And then it became I was in charge of the annual barbecue, and it's like, you know, you take on this stuff. Uh, Anyways, you do it because you either enjoy it or whatever. So became the president of the PTA, and that's where I started going on the field trips. So this business does allow you to have some personal time. Your kids will love you if you're able to go on their field trips or spend some time during the day with them because there's a lot of parents that can't. So I would go on the field trips, and what are you doing? You're meeting the other moms, you know, and they're chat, chat, chat. They all live in the same area as me because my kids and our kids are at the same school. So... The subject always turns to real estate. Wherever you go, you're going to have your little ears perk up when you're in the grocery line. You know, are you wearing your pins? <laughs> are you wearing your pins? Um, it's so easy just to be wearing your pins. Someone says, "Oh, like I had a cashier say I couldn't do your job," and I'm thinking, "How does she know what I do?" And she's "Oh, my pin! I didn't even know I had my pin on." I can I yeah. I can attest the fact that I've done a few open houses over time for Jenny. And there is never, ever one time that somebody doesn't walk in that door and say, oh, our children play soccer together. I just came to say hi to Jenny. Is Jenny here? She was my neighbor way back in Stratford this week. Everybody knows Jenny. Oh, we went to high school together. 
like, oh, all right. But it's just so everybody, easy, right? Like, right, but she knows everybody. Yeah, and every single time. Yeah, somebody, I'm going to make up all this with me, though. <laughs> well, they're not, you know, they're not selling. They're coming by and saying hello. Yeah. Sometimes you do too good of a job, you know, and you sell them a house and they want to stay there for 20 years. Yeah. You just have to hope that you're still in the business 20 years later. Or you have to keep after them, like, you know, and, and use some humor. It's like, geez, you guys, are you ever going to sell? If you're not, you know, I know I did a great job, but God, please, get me some business, you know? <laughs> Do you have any friends? Do you have any relatives? And I find humor is really good. And, uh, and uh, anybody here know Alan Bain? Alan Bain was, uh, oh, boy, poor Alan. Uh, Alan had Countrywide Realty, which I was with when I started, and it, then it became Prudential. Then it became Royal Page. So Alan owned, like, 12 Prudential. So he was my first broker manager, and he used to say to his clients, again, he'd use humor, and he'd say, you know, I've just sold your house, I've done such a great job, that now you've got to replace your listing for me. And they would just, oh, okay, because he would say it. And he said it in such a way, it's not like, okay, you know, do you have any friends or relatives to think about selling? You know, like, yeah, it's how, to, it's how to take some of the dialogue from these great trainers and stuff, too, and, like, how do you convert it to a way that's going to work for you? Because, like, I... I'm so not scripty, and maybe I should be, and maybe I'd be more successful but if you, I was. But you think right? you're not, but you know what, and this is just, we talk about scripts and dialogue. We think we're not, but then I bet when you go into a listing presentation, that dialogue, the same thing is coming out as everything. But it's so, in your own voice, right? right? It's in a way you would say it, sprinkled with humor for me, because right. that's the only way I get through those things, right? I share the most powerful script yeah. I just learned. Not learned, I just had an aha this month. So I would say it's the script of the month for me. And you can all say it. Uh, so we were out door knocking. My business partner and I, we did 2,700 doors. And this is the, the best script. I'm going to practice it with you guys. So you have a pen or paper or your phone, and you say, okay, great. And what's the best way to reach you? Don't look up at them. Don't look at them. Don't say a word to them. And just wait. 90% of them will start saying it. And they'll say, uh, so you say what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, my phone. He said, okay, right, and your email? And just don't look up at them. We are getting about 90% of people who we would ask that for would give us their, their contact information. Oh, wow. If you don't ask, they're not going to give it to you. So don't be afraid yeah. to ask. And it, is that scripted? Is that scripty saying what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. No. It's just the, the act of just don't look up. Because we go, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Because, I mean, um, we're not going to bother you um, if you want. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to send you. It was, it's okay. So just, uh, just say it, shut up, and they'll give it to you. So. Try it, and it'll work, I promise. Another great way to, um, oh, sorry. No, no, this is great. I think, is this working okay for you guys? Mm -hmm. All right. I do a lot of community events as well, so, like, I'll have a booth at the, uh, like, we do this thing called the Family Show in Milton, so it's a bunch of different vendors and families come to find out what's going on in the community, and um, and in order to get email addresses, and I have them all in constant contact, and I send out a, a monthly um, community events calendar and market staff, which people seem to really, really like, like, they love it. Um, but I'll give away something. I'll be like, I'm giving away, instead of having that, can I get your email address to join my mailing list? It's like, hey, I'm giving away um, a season's pass to the Conservation Halton Parks. Do you want to enter the contest? Sure. Here you go. Subscribe. They subscribe, no problem. They're happy. Right? And, but send out good content, too. I think when, like, when somebody gives you their email address, don't spam them with crap. Like, give them something that's going to be useful for them. Yeah. What that is. Ryan was talking. Oh, sorry. Question. Sorry. How are realtors? Um, handling the anti-spam legislation. As long as you have permission and you have it yeah. checked off. There's nothing wrong you're allowed to send stuff as long as they give no, you No, I'm just curious though, because so for example, yeah. I'm just, 
Yeah, and things have kind of changed. So I mean, it's phasing in gradually, you have to realize. So Constant Contact actually had a really good um, video on it. I don't know if you watched that, but it was about an hour long, and it told you everything you need to know about the spam. But, but basically, if you have their permission, that's right, and you're giving them an opportunity to opt in officially, and there's a record of it. So um, once like Constant Contact keeps that log for you. Yeah, and, don't for, and with Constant Contact, Contact. And the bottom is there is an unsubscribe. So That's whatever you're sending out, yeah. make sure that there's an unsubscribe. And with constant contact, it's really good because they'll let you know then. Because yeah. when you send out things, it tells you exactly how many people have opened it, the percentage, when they opened it, if they clicked through, and you're going to know, and, and whether they blocked And then how it compares to your industry as well, which is kind Yeah, of awesome. which is really good. Yeah. And, and it can be good. Like if you get 67% open, though. Uh, believe it or not, that's amazing. Yeah. Do you know how many of you open your emails from the board? Like 32, 34%? Is that right, Sandra? Yeah. Mine usually runs 34. Yeah. The industry average for real estate is 18.3%. Does that mean it pops up on your phone and you don't have it? Oh, what is it? Yeah, no, constant contact. It's about $15 a month. Do you? I don't. I'm like delete queen, but I get so many emails. Because the stuff on the board comes up and you can see it in your browser, so well, you don't have to open it. Okay. Oh, okay. So that might be. Yeah. yeah some some things they click here. Yeah. So the other thing is, uh, if you're door knocking, because people are worried about the anti-spam, is the law is if you have a permission, you need to have documented of what day and when they send that. So I take impeccable notes when I'm door knocking. I have my my farm area already picked out. I know all the streets, addresses, and I take note who they were what they said, what it looked like, if something happened, so I remember. But I also put the date when I was there. So all you need, if someone says, well, I didn't ask for it, you say, oh, actually, I got your permission, you're at the door, and you have a record of that, and that's all you need. So, because there's no click here. Your, your broker should all have that information for you, so just talk to your broker and yeah. they'll give it to you. So um, another thing that you can do, uh, if you want to specialize in a certain area, is to look at the different designations that are available to you out there. We've got the ABR, which is an accredited buyer represent, re representative, and Barbara Brindle was doing it. I'm not sure if she still is, but it's an amazing course, the ABR. It's a two-day course, and she teaches you everything about working with buyers, how to get yourself, make yourself a little brochure, how to handle, get them into the office, give them questionnaires. Then you've got the ASA, which is the accredited senior agent. If you decide you want to work with seniors, there's really a lot to know there about um, you know, uh, lifestyle um, yeah. changes where they're going to, nursing homes. So that's sort of a niche market there because at some point people are going to um, they're going to need it. And it fits into yeah. your other niches because I, I have that designation and I'm also a, a master accredited senior agent, which is a separate designation. And we all, uh, all the people that hold that designation, they, they communicate on a monthly basis. And we're really focused on just sort of serving um, seniors and, and their family, right? Because it's, it's not just the seniors, obviously, it's the family and knowing the resources available in the community to really help them make a transition if they need to. But also kind of prepares you and I think markets you a bit to work with boomers and their downsizing, right? So that's been a big part of my business because I get so many past client referrals, right? So it's always, oh, well, mom, you've got to, you have to deal with Michelle, right? So they end up referring parents and stuff like that. So I know when you're when you're working sort of in a niche or you develop that and then you have your past clients, you also if you're gonna bring in extra services, like how what what can you do with what you're already doing to enhance it, right? So by adding another designation or a specialty that you can help your existing clients with. Um, Especially and when you're new because when yeah. you're new, I mean you still have to take your, your uh, 
courses, but um, you need some credibility. You know, you don't have a huge portfolio built up, so you need some credibility. So if you're able to say on your website, and when these guys were talking about their business cards, make sure that website is on everything. Rob's, uh, Ryan's point about only putting three bullet points on Kijiji is because he's trying to drive the traffic to his website because you want stickativity. You want them to come to your website and call you because you've got all this great information on your website, okay? So speaking of that, too, is on your business cards, I've cut back and put one phone number, an email address, and, and uh, website because you see people on there, there's sick fax numbers, their pager number, their how to send them this message, how to go to this website and put all the stuff. They don't know where to go, so it's give them the direction and tell them where to go. Just go to my website to get this. Go to your avatar or whatever. And, which you, and then once they get to your website, you, you should have a, a call to action on there. You know? yeah. And make sure of a contact number. I mean, there are people that have websites and you're looking all over on there. And also, Make sure it's um, RICO compliant. So make sure you've got your salesperson on there after your name. Make sure you've got brokerage after the name of your company. And that it's, you know, when someone comes to your website, they know that you are a real estate representative for XYZ Realty Brokerage. Always okay. get, like, you know, send the link to your broker or your broker manager, whatever you're doing, just to kind of get that approval if you're not 100% sure. Cause it's a lot of things. And that's <laughs> the Yeah, and it's on every everywhere you advertise. Every piece of advertisement. When you go to Kijiji, and there's, we see a lot of, horrific things on Kijiji, what agents are putting on there, and they're not RICO they're compliant. Not compliant. Yeah. So you, again, you have to have your name, sales representative, who you work with, uh, or work for, and um, proper numbers. It's just be really careful out there because I did a session this morning for new agents on, um, on, on uh, RICO um, disciplinary hearings, and I read off some cases, and you guys, it would make, it was it was for Halloween, you know, we did a, a horror story from the uh, Rico Crypt this morning, and it was quite interesting, terrifying. you know, it was, it's terrifying, so you don't want to go down that road, and your broker manager doesn't want you to either. So just getting back for a minute to when, um, when my kids were young, um, yeah, I did, if, if you have kids that are on teams, you know, say, okay, I'll be the team mom, I'll look after the fundraiser. And then what happens when you have the fundraiser and all the cheese gets delivered to your house? All the teams come into your house to pick up the cheese. And what's hanging on the side of your garage? Your for sale signs, right? Yeah. Like, oh, your car, make sure you get a vessel for that. <laughs> and, and what do they give you when you're the team mom? A list, and it's got, and again, you've got to be careful, but it's got the, their names, it's got their addresses, their emails, their phone numbers. I mean, that's, that's gold. Um, your kid's on a soccer team. Okay, well, I'm going to buy 20 water bottles for the team, you know, with my name and my brokerage on it. Or I'm going to sit there at my soccer games with my great big umbrella that's got my brokerage name all over it. Yeah. Like, there's so many things you can do cheaply. Um, the other thing that I would do was sponsor my kids' team. For 450 bucks, you've got 14 hockey sweaters with your name on it in an arena. Uh, and again, if it's, a, if it's a name where you've got all sorts of relatives in the in the town, they, they come up to me and, you know, like, oh, yeah, my son was on your son's team. Oh, must have been my cousin's son because my kid's like 30 and yours is 15, you know? So there's lots of ways. And um, people see it and they know. Because it, it's funny, like, you don't necessarily realize you're doing all these great things, but you don't know if anybody's really acknowledging it. But then you go to an event or I, I go to a, an event with the other moms and they're like, oh, my God, I love that blog you wrote about smoothies. Like, I, I didn't know that or whatever. And they're paying attention. So you're planting seeds. So don't don't give up on something quickly because you're not seeing immediate benefit from it. Because I think that 
you have to be patient when it comes to something like this. Yeah. And just keep planting the seeds, right? So there's there are lots of niches, lots of markets, like you know, I say it's not just geographical. It's um, you know, deep dig down deep. Go home tonight and just look at sort of your past clients or look at your sphere of influence and the people that are on it and what do you have in common with them? Where did you meet them? Where do you go during the week to meet people? And then sort of like say, okay, well, here's that little area. I'm going to concentrate on that, whether it's a book club or whether it's a, a Zumba class or, or whatever. There's lots of things that you can do. And I, I, I think just try to, you know, you want the biggest bang for your buck. You want to spend the least amount of money and get, you know, the most amount of visibility out there. So uh, any other questions before we're going to let Ron, uh, Ron's here. So he asked for a few minutes. So. We'll um, let them come up and talk for a minute. Yes, Jackie. Can I just ask uh, you? Sorry, can I ask for your comments on the value of door knocking? Is that really is there a payback in that? Do you want my answer? Hundred percent. If you do it with the right strategy and the right approach. If you're doing it wrong, which many just do, I can tell you I I use a door knocking direct response approach is I farm an area and we do neighborhood reports and we door knocked, we did 2,700 homes, we have 330 people on a report in two weeks. So that's 330 people that have signed up and wanted to know more information. Of those, we have 35 people that are moving in the next six months who we now have all their contact information and are now being followed up with. We just got a listing already. So we started in mid-September. We've got one listing, got another listing for spring and for two and a half weeks. For me, I like hearing those stats. It can help me want to do that, but it's not who I am, and I hate it. Yeah, you're so not <laughs> I don't feel safe as a woman knocking on random doors, and maybe that's really paranoid, but that's just where I come from, right? So, but if you feel confident about it and you love it, you do it. If that's how you like to engage people, I'll knock on doors when I'm preparing for my yard sale. I'll knock on every door on the street to see if they have things they want to donate to the sale because I feel comfortable approaching somebody about fundraising but feel guilty knocking on their door about business, which might be right or wrong. It depends on your confidence level when they open the door, right? And your strategy, I mean, the effectiveness is only as good as if you're doing it. So does cold calling work? Absolutely, because there's people doing it and it doesn't, but they do it. Some people say, well, I, I don't, oh, here, here's a good example. I, one of the people that I coach, she started door knocking and she went out. Her first day was phenomenal. She went out and had great results. Second day was horrible. She said, I wanted to just quit the business. Second day, yeah, it was okay. And the fourth day was good. So I said, if you took a slice, which most agents do, they'll try something once. And I said, if you segment, what happens if that first day was that day that, you, that was a horrible day and you judged the outcome on, oh, I went door knocking for today. Today and six people told me to screw up. Oh, I'm never door knocking again. If you judge your, your outcome on one slice of your experience with it, you probably won't continue with it. So keep doing it. Keep, and it, you may not be good now, but if you keep doing it, you'll be better at it. It could be connecting and networking with moms. If you're, you, when you first start out, you may suck at it. But if you keep doing it, you know how to do it, and you get the right approach, you grow. So don't make a judgment on one experience of going out, or even one week, or even one month. Is keep doing it and, and find a strategy that does work. Now, there are proven methods and models that work. I would say start with those and leverage off those. Brian Feeney, we know works. Chris, uh, Mike Berry's scripts work if you're doing cold calling. There's a number of things that work. You just gotta find something that you're comfortable with and that is you're going to do. Yeah. Okay. 